Welcome to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Curtis Birch, host and producer on News Radio 630 WLAP, the home of the cats right here in Lexington. And I'm Kyle Tucker of The Athletic. Together, Curtis and I are here every day, Monday through Friday, talking the cats. If it is a big deal to the Big Blue Nation, you can hear it right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. This edition of the show is brought to you by Buffalo Trace Distillery and Birch Sheet Metal. We'll tell you more about them in just a bit and... The open there, I misspoke. Um, we're not in Lexington. No, we're not. We are in Kansas City. And folks, Kentucky fans might need both our sponsors now, both <laughs> Sheet Metal and Bourbon. <laughs> Needed Bourbon earlier today. And after some of the celebrations in downtown Lexington, as we are hearing about, they might need some uh, some Sheet Metal to fix some buildings. That's Maybe repair some overturned cars. I don't know. There are a couple of rests and a couple of people hospitalized wow. in the student celebration in downtown Lexington tonight. And the reason they were celebrating Curtis is a thrilling win that looked like it was going to be a runaway. I feel like you're being really loud right now, Kyle. I probably am. I'm wired because I've had about 19 <laughs> Diet Cokes trying to stay up. It is Eastern Time, 4.09. Our time here, 3.09 a.m. I've just filed a story, and we rode the shuttle back to the hotel. I pounded a five-hour energy drink earlier in the evening. I witnessed that. And a lot of Diet Coke. Did you? Did I drink that before we got on the bus? Yes. I think I did. I'm I'm pretty wound up. Uh, and also, after games like this, like you, yes. I don't know about you, but I never can go to bed because it's like... Kentucky was up by 13 in the second half, mm-hmm. and then they were down by three with uh, 67 seconds, I think. It was it was less than a minute, I thought. Yeah, I mean, it got the, the they got yeah. up. Houston went up by three with like 67 seconds left, and then PJ with 55 seconds left hits a, a, a hook shot and one misses the free throw. He'd also missed two free throws earlier in the game during the comeback. Tyler Hero, who had made 36 consecutive free throws and it was 68 out of 69 free throws dating back to December, missed the front of a one and one uh, during the comeback. So I think those were pretty close together. He missed the front of a one and one. It was, PJ no, missed they, two in a row. They were all together. Back to back. Yeah, because <laughs> Kentucky missed three free throws in a row. And then Kentucky got it back together. They made six or eight straight in the game. Uh, but down three with under a minute to go. PJ hits a hook shot, uh, gets fouled, misses the free throw, so they're still down one, then totally redeems himself uh, when the star player for Houston, Corey Davis Jr., drives by Ashton Hagens. Washington comes from across the lane, leaves his man, helps side defense, jumps higher than he had jumped all night on that injured foot, skied, blocks the shot, Tyler Hero ends up with it, leads the break, bounce passes it to Keldon Johnson. Keldon Johnson starts to drive, sees two defenders, wheels around, makes I mean, and Keldon Johnson has not always made the smart play. He gets some credit here too. Wheels around, shovels it back out to Tyler Hero in uh what I would call Aaron Harrison place on the left wing and rises up just like Aaron Harrison did in three consecutive clinching threes in the 2014 run and buries the go-ahead three with a hand in his face. And later hits two free throws to clinch it. Kentucky wins 62-58. to 58. Tyler Hero, the defensive star and hero of the Wofford game, does it with offense this time, 19 points. And P.J. Washington 
coming back from two weeks absence on a sprained foot, getting out of a cast on Tuesday afternoon, practicing for the first time yesterday or the day before the game, Thursday, a not, little bit. Not going through walkthrough today. He got up and ran this morning, the morning of the game, and to test the foot. Finally, his dad told me he sprinted hard for the first time, and it hurt. So he skipped the walkthrough. He didn't know exactly how much or even really if he was going to definitely play until basically tip-off. And then he plays twenty, just shy of 26 minutes and has 16 points. He had the game-ending game rebound and the game-saving block. Yep. Uh, two legend. I mean, especially if Kentucky goes on beyond the Elite Eight, where they are now for the seventh time in 10 years under Calipari, which is remarkable. If they go to a fifth Final Four in 10 years under John Calipari, these two guys and these two performances tonight will be legendary. They may be anyway, but that shot by Hero and the, the overall performance and the block by P.J. Washington, considering his injury, are going to be legendary. Stay tuned to the end. We had time to talk to Joel Justice and Kenny Payne in the open locker room. And they have great comments on PJ overall. Um, I'll say this about Hero. It was pretty cliched, but I, I think every player that I talked to about it actually thought it. They all said that once that shot left Tyler's hand, they all knew it was going to go in. PJ actually said that he was under the basket when the shot was going up, so he had the perfect sight line and knew that it was pure uh, from the moment it went up. Emmanuel quickly did this like funny little thing. Because I asked him, what do you think? What did you think when uh, when Tyler took that shot? And he just he took his one hand and then he made his other hand a basket and then he put the one hand like <laughs> and he like <laughs> put it in the basket. And uh, yep. we, we're going to try to mention Emmanuel here in a bit because he he had a stellar game as well. But I yeah, I mean Kyle, big you, guts. He said guts. Who with a G? Emmanuel quickly said of Tyler Hero's yes. shot. Yes. He had he said he had some big guts. No Dakari Johnson. Not tonight. a Dakari Johnson, but he meant the other because I I went back and talked to him about that, and he said, "You know what I meant." <laughs> <laughs> I love that there's like now code words in the locker room exactly. for, for various things, um, but yeah, and just you know what you said a lot about PJ there, but I mean, when you saw him in warmups, and you'll hear Kenny Payne say this, like it was kind of like, "Whoa, that's." PJ like that's that that is what PJ looks like and because I mean he was doing all his normal dunks he was his shooting was a little erratic but he made a jumper tonight well um, he made his very first shot a jump hook then he made a dunk a two a big two-handed dunk and then he had a long jump shot he started three for three from the field and two of two at the free throw line he had eight points at halftime in nine minutes I, I think and you know I'll say that um, congratulations to me for being right about Tyler Hero having a big offensive game but you and I both missed the mark because when we were talking about this game beforehand, uh, we, we thought we were of the mind if P.J. Washington was able to play to this level, Kentucky would win a little bit comfortably, and it wasn't that at all. They needed everything they got from P.J. Washington to survive this this Houston team. And the run that they made in the second half was was kind of crazy. Uh, I think it's a big hurdle for this Kentucky team to get over. I mean, it's kind of becoming a, a bad trend, but they're still alive in the Elite Eight. They've had some some late game situations where they haven't been perfect and yeah. they've been able to overcome it every time. But uh, eventually that might catch up with you, but in, you could get better at it before it catches up with you. Cause you're, you're still, <laughs> you're yeah. still playing. Um, but you know, I mean the the whole thing with PJ was just, just phenomenal of uh, what he was able to do 
coming out as hot as he did. I mean, making his first shot was just... We should have, I, looking back, should have realized that it was going to be special at that point because it was like he'd never missed a beat. Yeah, like I said, eight points in the first nine minutes. But they were trying, clearly trying to rest him, though. Like, he sat yeah. a lot of the, the the end of the first half, and that was because they were comfortably ahead. I mean, they were up double digits a lot of the game. They were up for, like, 27 minutes at one point. Uh, they led by, what did they lead by? 11 at halftime. It was actually 13 in the in Houston scored right before half. Uh, 11 at halftime. They were up 13 early in the second half. They were up kind of double digits for a long stretch in the second half. And then uh, it wasn't Corey Davis, but Armani Brooks just started banging in everything. At one point, I think he was like six of eight from three. Yeah. He missed a bunch um, you know, towards the end. But he had six threes. He had 20 points. Um but the notable thing about PJ was when it got down to crunch time, he checked in with like 12 and a half minutes to go in the game, and he never came out. Mm-hmm. He played 12 and a half minutes uninterrupted. I mean, not a lot of guys do that, period, for yeah. Kentucky. Yeah. He played 12 and a half minutes uninterrupted on a bad foot. And he made, am I remembering correctly, he made the last rebound. Yeah, um, he had the end, the, the, the very last rebound of the have, game. The last two, or no, did Tyler Hero get the one? No, after? he blocked it, and Tyler Hero ended up with it. No, no, uh, no, 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 no. The the one, the Hagen's possession where Hagen stopped Davis finally, where it was a two point game after Hero's three. Hagen's rebounded. It. Okay, um, yeah, and then yeah, you're right because it went out. And, and Hagen's had a bad game, but he had but a he couple had a great, clutch free throws, and he had a great last possession. We're gonna. I, I want to get into the other guys that aren't named hero and Washington uh, specifically quickly and Travis um, in a bit. But before we do that, I do want to tell you guys about Buffalo trace distillery, Buffalo trace distillery is the oldest continually operating uh, bourbon distillery in the world. If you want to go check out all that history, go check out Buffalo trace distillery, look them up online, Buffalo trace distillery.com. You can see all the history in action. They have all kinds of unique tours, one for every taste. And speaking of tastes, you can taste the bourbon, which is very good. And I just said taste a lot in like one sentence. I hope Mm -hmm. that's like some kind of record. That was in poor taste. Go to buffalotracedistillery.com. And right now, very, very limited time. If you go and do a tour and then go to the gift shop and you mention that you heard about Buffalo Trace Distillery on the Locked on Kentucky podcast, you get 10% off merchandise. So go to buffalotracedistillery.com and then go to the physical location of Buffalo Trace Distillery and do a tour and then buy merchandise and get 10% off. Who do you want to talk about first, Emmanuel Quickly or Reed Travis? Uh, well, let's talk about Reed Travis because he's a guy I wrote this week. Can um, I say something about Reed Travis completely off topic real yeah, quick? Absolutely. He should have been wearing a shirt. He was making everybody else feel insecure about themselves in the locker room. And Ken Spencer walked up to him and said, do you work out? (laughs) That's pretty funny. That would be something Ken Spencer would say. Um, You know, he's the guy trying to get back to Minneapolis. He's one win away. I know. And that was what he said. He said, this is something I've been, you know, obviously he's thinking about it, but he's like, you know, I've tried not to like put it in the forefront, but here it is. Like, I am one win away from getting home for the final four. I mean, it, it, like it sank in from him right there, sitting there thinking about that. Like one win away against a team Kentucky's beaten twice. Auburn, which we haven't even mentioned that. Like Auburn delivered a stunning upset, not just by winning, but by pretty well dominating 
North Carolina. Very impressive. The hot streak continues. I think 11 straight wins after they ran through and won the SEC tournament. They continue to just bomb people out of the building. They hit 17 threes. I believe I saw somebody national tweet that it was the most made threes by an SEC team ever in the NCAA tournament. Wow. Um, I don't know if they can stay that hot, but they are still that hot. I mean, I think it's 10 or 11 straight games where they've made a dozen or more threes. I mean, they're just, since they got blown out by 27 in Lexington, they have not lost Mm -hmm. and they have not stopped making threes. And so that's an interesting angle, Auburn. The other piece of it, though, is it's not only a team Kentucky's beaten twice. And while they are hot, they lost probably for good Chumo Kiki tonight, who had 20 and 11, was playing the game of his life. And it was an awful scene. He crumpled on the court with a knee injury. Bruce Pearl was in tears mm-hmm. talking about it. It was awful. Um, the emotional side of it, it's awful. You hate to see that happen to a kid in the NCAA tournament and who's having the you know game and tournament of his life. In the practical side, that is a huge advantage for Kentucky that that guy is not going to play because he's one of the few big guys that Auburn has. They're not a very big team in the first mm-hmm. place. And he's a pro, Jumo Okiki. Okiki, maybe a first-rounder at some point. But he's probably out. It's a rematch. Uh, I think I got completely off topic. You're talking about Reed Travis. Reed Travis. He's one win away against a team they've beaten twice and just blew out and just lost one of its probably two best players Wait a minute. from getting to the Final Four. I need to take they, – in my mind's mush because it's so late slash early. That, that was a game without Travis. It was. The 27-point yeah. blowout was without Reed Travis. <laughs> and wow. that was while they had Chumo Kiki. Yep. I mean, I don't want to say, like, definitely Kentucky's going to just pummel Auburn. I mean, because the way they're playing, nobody's going to pummel Auburn. If, they're make, if they make 17 threes, they're not pummeling yeah. anybody. I don't think Kentucky's going to allow them to make 17 threes. I they, agree. They play a lot better defense. They're such a bad matchup for Auburn because Kentucky is long at the guard spot. I mean, a lot of the reason that until the second half, as we've kind of predicted, Houston's guys struggled. Mm-hmm. Kentucky's length was a problem. They've prove they can defend the three against really good shooting teams. They used their Auburn game plan against Wofford in the second round I and, think they s- used, and smothered them. I'm guessing they probably used a portion of it against right. Houston. Um, and so they are a win against that team away from sending Reed Travis home to Minneapolis, and he played like a dude trying to get home to yeah. Minneapolis. He will not be talked about a lot. I wrote zero words about him in, what I, in my piece for The Athletic. I will write about him later, but I mean, Hero and Washington were the story. Yes. But unsung heroes, Reed Travis had 11 rebounds, and he at one point, and I probably should have made a parenthetical even in a story that's only about Tyler and PJ. At one point, he, when Houston was trying to close the gap, he made four consecutive defensive rebounds on their misses and then an offensive rebound on Kentucky's mm-hmm. end in a row. 11 rebounds, six, only six points. But he was four or five at the free throw line. A um, couple of assists. He had a really nice pass to PJ for a, a, a dunk inside. Yeah, they did a back and forth, back and forth. Yeah. You take it, and then PJ got the dunk. And um, one thing I would note, Kentucky did a great job of getting all night of getting fouls, drawing fouls, mm-hmm. and, and putting um, – Houston's handful of big guys in foul trouble. Fabian White, the guy that whose job it was to guard PJ, was in foul trouble the whole game. Yeah, 
Reed Travis, this stat sheet is great. It lays out f- fouls on and fouls that you drew, fouls drawn. Six. Reed Travis drew six fouls. He fouled an NBA player out. Yeah. He drew six. He, nobody in the game drew more. You know what else is on that stat sheet? Plus minus. Who yes. had the best plus minus for Kentucky? Emmanuel Quickly. Emmanuel Quickly had to play a ton of minutes in the first half because Ashton Hagen's foul trouble. And in all honesty, he outplayed Way him. Way outplayed him. And, and, and you had to question whether he was should have even been in the game. At I, the end. He made I, some bad mistakes. He made some really bad turnovers. Mm-hmm. He had two travels in a row during the uh, Houston comeback. Quickly was just seemed to be more steady tonight than Higgins for whatever reason. Yes. And he hit a couple. What did he hit? Two threes? He hit a couple threes in the first half. Uh, that 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 made that extended lead extended it. Yeah. played good defense. Played seventeen minutes. I mean, and, and nothing. Um, I'm gonna write a, probably write about this. I probably shouldn't even say it, but I'll share it with you, our loyal listeners. Ooh, I was telling you this story. Um, I don't know if people noticed or if even you could see it on TV, but after one of those threes, maybe both, but at least one, Emmanuel quickly did the Pedro yeah, Serrano big balls. Uh, celebration the uh, from Ke- major league the, well which in th- this in this setting even though it was the old podcast we can, we call it the kevin knox at west virginia that's day. right <laughs> that's right kevin knox did that uh did I did tyler hero do i don't the, rem- i don't remember him doing it i feel like i've written like a whole story about the big balls dance well, you year. did for the SEC country. Oh, maybe that's what it was. Yeah, because I remember you feverishly writing oh, in a in a hotel, a hotel lobby in Morgantown, West Virginia. That's probably and, right. And looking up all the video clips from Major League yeah. Two. Yeah. <laughs> so, Manuel quickly did that celebration, and here is the origin of that. And the story I'm uh, planning to write is John Calipari. I've said this many times, and we we said I said it on the radio with you tonight before the game. When Cal has this week between games, he's really good. He is now seven and one in the Sweet Sixteen at Kentucky. Utterly ridiculous. Seven and one, and he's uh, two made free throws by PJ Washington out of twelve that he missed from prob- from being eight zero. Mm-hmm. That is a remarkable thing. And it's not always that he's a number one seed. A lot of the time it is. But regardless of that, you're still playing. Right. If good, you're playing them. a good team in the in yes. the Sweet Sixteen. Yes. Now seven and one. When he has that week between games to prepare, not just prepare a game plan though, and I mentioned this on the radio, it's also to figure out who's who are the key guys that I need to push their buttons and how do I push them. And so the day before the game, Thursday, in practice, Emmanuel quickly, who has been making, you know, more shots, although the first couple games of the tournament he looked a little gun shy. Mm-hmm. He misses a couple shots in practice and Emmanuel told me after the game when i asked him i said what was the deal with your big balls uh celebration and he goes like you saw me do that y'all saw that and i said yeah he said well i missed a couple shots in practice cal stopped the entire practice he made me shoot him shoot the sh- same shot over and over and over again and he's and i made five in a row and cal said what are you going to do tomorrow night when you make that in the game and Emmanuel's like, oh, I'm going to do this. It was some kind of hand signal. I don't even know. He said it was his normal th- celebration. I don't think I've ever even taken notice of Emmanuel Quickly's regular celebration. It was not interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Emmanuel. And Cal said to Emmanuel, no, when you make these tomorrow night, you're going to do this. 
and John Calipari, according to Emmanuel Quickly, dropped his hands down in the boulder holder position in the big balls celebration. And Sam said, Cassell. You are going famous. to do the big balls celebration tomorrow night when you make those shots. And at a cow, I was reading the transcript. Uh, we don't talk to Calipari really at all in the postseason because he sits at the podium while the open locker room is going on. We never get an open locker room. A little inside baseball here. So all the reporters go to the locker room. And John Cal, I don't know who John Calipari talks to during the postseason. Like, who's out there asking questions? I know. I do, too. People who aren't aware of the fact that they can actually talk to real people in the <laughs> locker room saying real things. But John Calipari said to someone sitting in that audience after the game, essentially he recounted that minus the big ball. He said nothing about the big balls. But he said, like, I told him, you're going to make these shots tomorrow night. And Cal is so good at that thing, like identifying a guy and saying, he said to Mark, they, the story goes that when they lost Willie Cauley-Stein for that, that whole two days or whatever between the Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight, he told Marcus Lee, this is your moment. You are going to dominate this game. However long you're out there, you're going to, you know. And what did Marcus Lee do? Comes Dominated. off the bench and has eight points on four points put back dunks and like eight points and eight rebounds and two or three block shots in like 12 minutes and they go to the final four. Um, that has happened time and time again uh, under Cal in the tournament. And I, th- I just thought that was really kind of a cool mm-hmm. recent illustration of him identifying a guy that he knew was going to be a ro- And it's funny cause I've been gathering for like two weeks stuff about Emmanuel quickly because I thought like this is a guy to me this is a guy that's going to step up and have this moment at some point in the tournament yep and you know nobody's going to talk about his moment tonight because he had six points in a game where Tyler Hero and PJ Washington were monsters but those were not small no shots and they were not his minutes of just being composed and not turning the ball over zero turnovers unbelievable in 16 minutes and that was on the playing point guard Mm -hmm. most of it because Ashton was in foul trouble. And Higgins was turning the ball over. He was fouling. He was not good for the most part till the very end. Um, but to just to, to pull that little bit out of that one guy was basically the difference in the game. Yeah, They yeah. won the game by, by four points. And Emmanuel quickly, who's had plenty of games where he does nothing, scored six of those points. Yeah. All right, Kyle. I got a question for you. Yeah. Do you want to break all the rules of our podcasting network and go a little bit longer and talk about your <laughs> oh, story? Are we allowed you, to? We can, oh, yeah. Yeah, let's talk about it. Let's screw the rules. F the rules. If you read my story. Yeah. <laughs> if you read my story and you like the F word, you'll <laughs> like my story. So Fudge. Uh, you know, people. I think people that listen to this and also read The Athletic know. Like The goal uh, at this place I'm working now is to try to never write anything that everybody else is going to write. And that is hard to do when you cover a game because we're all, we're all at the same game and there's only so many people to talk to. But tonight it was uh, like, you know, the story is clearly PJ and Tyler hero, both Mm -hmm. just totally heroic, heroic uh, performances. And I'm like, we're sitting where I was sitting was like directly across the court from the parents section. And so I, I was looking during the game for PJ's dad and I was texting him. I meant to put this in the story with like, we were texting. I was like, 
you got to be pretty happy right now. He was playing really well, and they were up. The the lead dwindled, and his dad texted and said, they're going to need PJ's leadership now. And I, I totally forgot to put that in the story. But that's fine. Because you're putting it in the podcast. Yes. So as soon as the game ended, and they've done these crazy things, I just basically ran across the court and up into the stands where the parents were. And Tyler Hero's dad was the first person I came to and he was like, had tears in his eyes. And I said, come here for a second. And he came over to the stands and he just kept looking up at the scoreboard. It was like, he was like trying to make sure this was not a dream. Almost like pinching himself. Right. Exactly. And that's exactly what I wrote. And I just stood there and talked to him for a while and he was full of F words of joyful F words, <laughs> you know, basically like this effing kid effing deserves this. Yeah. This is effing unbelievable. Um, it was neat. And he just started crying. I mean, he was just full on crying tears streaming. He's a big old dude. Uh, Tyler hero's dad looks like a guy who would bounce your rear end out of a club <laughs> or, you know, knock you unconscious. If you <laughs> said the wrong thing, he's a big dude. A, uh, I would say a very manly man, and he was just standing there crying about his son because it was, I mean, how much prouder could you be than watching your kid hit, make all the clutch plays at the end of a game to send a storied program like Kentucky to the Elite Eight? And there's so much else going on there. Like everyone kind of knows now the story. Like he was committed to Wisconsin. He's from Milwaukee. He realized, I think I can play at an even higher level. I want to play at a blue blood. I want to play in a championship contender. I want to play in a place that's going to make me practice against NBA players every day. And he decommitted and went to Kentucky knowing, and he was right, that he was going to get destroyed by Wisconsin fans. And there was a story, was it Bleacher Report? Mm -hmm. Had a story about, like, people spray-painted, Wisconsin fans, like, spray-painted his house and his car and you know, just were horrible to him. People would show up at his high school games because he still had a senior season to play and to harass him. I wrote a story. I did a letter, those letters from home, uh, where Tyler's dad talked about how he had to hide. He had to intercept letters from Wisconsin fans and hide them because they were so awful, you know, wishing that he would get injured. Most of them said, you're going to go to Kentucky. You're just going to be that white boy who can shoot. You're going to be on the end of the bench. Those are going to be all those NBA players. You'll never play. That was a very prominent theme in the insults. Well, not only did he play, he started all year. He's their most dynamic scorer, their most clutch player. He was the guy who always delivered on the road. And then tonight, well, the Wofford game, to get him here, he shuts down the most prolific three-point shooter in NCAA history defensively, which he's not known for. And tonight, he hits the game-winning, the go-ahead three, and then the game-clinching free throws in the final 30 seconds of a Sweet 16 game with that backdrop Mm -hmm. of all that sort of hate and stuff he dealt with. As a freshman in college, and his dad just stood there thinking about all that next to me and cried. And then the other piece of that was PJ's dad. And PJ's dad walked up, and Tyler's dad slaps him in the chest, and he's like, He's like, I effing told you, like, we ha- we couldn't do this without PJ. And he said he called PJ's dad the, the day he got injured and said, he has to play. We cannot win at all unless he plays. And then Keldon Johnson's dad, while we're all ta- standing there talking, came up and hugged PJ's dad and said, thank you. 
And so there's a bunch of that in the story. It's really cool. It was just like, I hope people find it to be different, a different way to write about this mm-hmm. game because I basically just stood there for several minutes. I almost missed some of the stuff. Well, I did miss some of the stuff in the locker room because I <clears throat> was out there hanging out with those two dads. And as a relatively new dad myself, I have people might know this from following me, twin toddlers or two years old to think about what it must be like to watch your little kid grow up and then do something like this on a like what an unbelievable stage Mm -hmm. too. like he's a freshman in college he was in high school last year he hits a game winner to send a team like kentucky to the elite eight or in pj's case you know this crazy block shot playing with a busted up foot how much how proud would you be and they, the answer with those two was very, very, very proud. And it was it was cool to see. All right. Uh, coming up next, if you want to hear some great comments on P.J. Washington, stay tuned because both Joel Justice and Kenny Payne has some great things uh, to say about him. I wanted to tell you guys real quick about Burt Sheet Metal. I've been telling you guys about them for a while. They're located up in Walton, Kentucky, which is in the northern part of the state. And if you are looking for metal roofing or siding for a residential or agricultural project, go direct to where it's made. That's Bird Sheet Metal. They've got classic roof panels cut to order with a 40-year warranty in 15 colors, plus galvalume and economy grade with all the trim and accessories to match. You can give them a call at 859-485-1928 or check out birdsheetmetal.com. That's B-U-R-C-H sheetmetal.com. They've also got bubble insulation, permafelt, sliding door tracks, and aluminum frame rails. Birch Sheet Metal, as I said, is located in Walton, Kentucky. Give them a call, 859-485-1928, or check out birdsheetmetal.com. Don't pay lumberyard prices for metal. Go direct to where it's made. That's Birch Sheet Metal. You are locked on Kentucky. Your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. Here is another interview with one of our faves, Joel Justice. And stay tuned to the end because Kyle Tucker tries to break up the party. Back by popular man, demand, Joel Justice. Been asking all the guys in the locker room, what was your perspective and view of that last sequence with PJ's block and then Tyler's three? Uh, it's the same one I have. You know, half the time I miss about half of it because Cal's standing uh, in my way. But uh, I did see the end of it, and uh, you know, then obviously Tyler's shot was right in front of us, so it was uh, it was good. I, I thought it showed great poise by us defensively and awareness, and then to, to go into transition and you know move the ball, and, and obviously got the got a shot that, that we wanted. So, how confident is are you as a staff as that shot's in the air? I mean, he's a bucket. You know, you know that. So no, it's uh, it was good. It was good to get out of there alive and uh, get back to work tonight and see what uh, see we can see we can come up with for uh, for Sunday. Were you kind of kind of surprised at what all PJ was able to give you this team tonight, coming off that injury? Uh, I think PJ's toughness and determination, you know, is is undeniable. And I think for anyone that's that's questioned that over the, the last week, you know, I wonder what they're thinking right now. You know, I mean, that kid's had great poise um, to handle it with grace, uh, and you know, to I hope I hope lots of people see that, you know, and, and look at look at themselves in the mirror today, and you know, hopefully uh, are excited, but you know, don't question that kid's toughness at all. 
Ashton had some struggles from defensively. On that last play, they had to tie the game. They ISOed him. And then, I mean, it looked like he locked it up. I mean, how much kind of does that mental toughness that he show? I mean, Ashton's one of our best defenders. You know, so I think for, for us, when we're putting matchups out there for, for clutch situations defensively, and you trust you know Ashton in those in those situations and you want him guarding you know tremendous offensive players would you care to address Joel the slander on a recent podcast episode where you called uh, clearly the leader of of uh, locked on Kentucky the Michael Jordan uh, Scotty Pippen I think that's fake news <laughs> thanks thanks again to Joel for a little bit of his time uh, we were going to wrap up this edition of the show with some comments from Kenny Payne uh, who's always, you know, great, gives great insight. So uh, I'll let you listen to some of Kenny Payne's comments after Kentucky's win over Houston. How big was, was P.J. from, I mean, on the court and then just as a morale boost? I don't know how you put him, how big, as big as big can be. I mean, what he did in this game, but only doing 15 minutes of an individual workout, uh, not being able to go through shoot around today. Um, he's humongous for our team. Uh, the energy he played with, the ability to make plays for others, and also make big shots and big free throws. Um, hats off to him to come out and play with that kind of energy and effort and toughness to will his team to a win. Humongous. Were you as a staff even kind of surprised that he was able to give you that much? Um, when in the warm-ups, I could tell he had a little pep in his step. So he was dunking balls, and I said, oh, he may be closer to what we think, you know, being 85, 90%. So um, he, played, he played well, man. He played really well. Those, la- those last sequences, um, you know, P.J. misses the free throw and the, that block. Like, uh, I mean, is that kind of just the epitome of him, like, having that extra pep in his step, getting a block like that so late no in the game? Question. We knew coming into this game that it's not about a strategy, a technique. This is strictly a will to win. That team over there is really good. And PJ's plays show a will to win, to put your team on your back and go out and make the plays that he made, not just offensively, but that block, but those rebounds as well. Um, The three-point play in the post, I mean, just huge play after play after play. What was your kind of thoughts when you saw Tyler get that ball be pretty open? I mean, is there any other situation you'd rather have it, like him being that, in that situation? Well, he shot it instinctively. He pushed the ball up, gave it to Kelvin. Kelvin took a dribble, gave it right back to him, and he knocked it down. That's the type of player he is. He's, he can make big plays as well. And then on the, the last like defensive play that, you know, when it was still a one-possession game, it seemed like Ashton really kind of locked in on Davis. They tried to isolate him, yep. but he looked like he had a good possession, even though he struggled a lot of the game, it felt like. He, he did struggle, but that possession showed his will to win, to, to stay in a stance and move his feet. The guy tried to body him. He was strong, hit him in the chest, and, and without reaching in or anything, discipline, uh, and then to get that rebound. You know, you, you talk about the will to win. How kind of proud are you guys? Of your, of your guys getting there and getting to this Elite Eight? I mean, it's been a long road, um, starting from the Bahamas to today. And without a doubt, we're one of the best teams in the country. Uh, for these kids to go through the path that they went through to be where we are today, um, let's just keep riding it. Let's just keep riding it. 
Thanks so much. Thanks. Bye. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Kentucky, guys. Uh, got it to you super late or super early, but actually it's way early because this is technically going to be the Monday podcast, and I don't even know what day it is anymore, honestly. I'm, I'm, I don't know, guys. But I wanted to get this out there so you all could give a listen. Um, check out all of Kyle and I's work. You can read Kyle on The Athletic. I am on BigBlueInsider.com. That's where I post all my videos. And you can listen to me on Big Blue Insider uh, weeknight 6 to 8 p.m. on WLAP. And I'm also on Sunday morning sports talk from 9 a.m. to noon uh, on WLAP as well. 6.30 WLAP out of Lexington. So check out all those things uh, so you can get some more some more coverage from the Cats. We'll be back. I don't. We, we're trying to figure out our schedule as best we can. Um, but the best way to follow along, as we always say, is on social media. You can follow Kyle on Twitter at Kyle Tucker underscore ATH. You can follow me on Twitter at Curtis Birch, B-U-R-C-H. And always, please follow the show at Locked on UK. And you can also find us on Facebook. Just search Locked on Kentucky. As we always do, please rate, please review, please subscribe. Those all really, really help. And most importantly, comment because those we get love the feedback and those help in the rankings a ton. So if you could do all that for us, we would really, really appreciate it. I want to say thanks again to Bird Sheet Metal and Buffalo Trace Distillery for sponsoring this edition of the show. Um, and we'll be back soon to, to talk to you guys more about uh, this run in the NCAA tournament. are Locked On Kentucky, available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea.